So team, something that is near and dear to my heart because my family has been affected by it. And then a couple of our team members here at Evolve is breast cancer. And today I have a very special guest with me um, that is going to explain her story, give us her background with it. And then we can move forward from there in regards to our action items for this segment. This is Evolve Strong with CJ. I'm CJ, and I have the distinct pleasure and honor uh, with one of our new partners here at Evolve. Her name is Allison Hendricks-Smith. She is with the Pink Warrior House. And for the month of October, we are partnering with her, and hopefully long-term, like we always do here at Evolve. But please, let me introduce you to Miss Allison. Welcome. Thank you for being CJ, here. Thank Appreciate you so it. much for having me. It's a pleasure. Awesome. So Miss Allison is the founder and CEO of Pink Warrior House, and this is a group, please, I'm going to paraphrase this, and if I mistake this, please let me know. Um, what they do is they support individuals going through breast cancer from start all the way to finish to where they kick it in the ass. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. um, but today, I really want to focus on you. Your story is so amazing. Um, would you go ahead and just start, tell us a little bit about yourself. Absolutely, Yes. Um, so when I turned 40 years old, um, I was working as an executive director for a local nonprofit organization and I had a beautiful two-year-old son and uh, I turned 40. So I decided I should go get a mammogram, right? Because that's what you're supposed to do when you turn 40. Um, and we had just changed health insurance plans. So I actually Googled mammogram Albuquerque. Um, and the first one that popped up was REA, um, Radiological Associates of Albuquerque. And so I called them and I said, I'm 40 and I'd like to come in for a mammogram. They said, do you, you know, have any concerns? Is there any reason? I said, no, I just turned 40. And I thought that that's what I was supposed to do. And uh, so I made the appointment and I went in and uh, they said, at the time they said, well, gosh, if you, uh, you have dense breasts. And so um, if you do, there's a likelihood of like 80% that you'll get called back. Don't worry about it. You know, it's, it's pretty common. And I said, oh, okay. So I got the call that I needed to come back for some additional imaging and uh, my husband said, are you concerned? And I said, no, they said, you know, that that happens 80% of the time, you know, it's just, just one of those things. And, um, and I had breastfed my son for the first year and a half. So I had, you know, recently stopped breastfeeding. So, um, you know, I thought maybe that was contributing to it. So I went back and I had, did another mammogram and, um, you know, that led to an ultrasound, which led to a biopsy, which led to finding out that I had cancer. I actually had three tumors in my left breast and one of them was, was pretty large. Uh, and again, I do self-check, but um, it's not super detectable because I had the kind of lumpy bumpiness of a lactating woman, you know? Sure. Um, and So you were two years postpartum, had just turned 40, mm -hmm. had thought that it's my time, I need to do this, but yeah. you, had, you had taken all the steps before, uh -huh. even with self-check, but you hadn't found it, but yet you took that step right. to go get checked. Because right. it was just one of those things that I think has been ingrained in me since I was little, you know, preventative medical care, I think is huge. And, um, you know, like we go for all of our annual things every year and getting your blood work done and, you know, going to the female doctor every year and, and whatever, it just was ingrained in me that mammograms start at 40 and you need to have them regularly. It wasn't that we had a great history in our family. Um, in fact, when the genetic testing came back, I was negative for BRCA and those kinds of things. We have a lot of prostate cancer in my family, which I found out is kind of the male version of breast. But didn't sure. really know that going into it. So, um, so no other reason other than my age, right? Like this okay. is the right thing to do. And I'm a mama and I want to live a long time for my son and uh, be around for my family. And so, yeah, it was shocking. I mean, it really so wasn't anything we expected. Now we have biopsy. Now the doc has called you and said, we have cancer. We have cancer, yeah. Tell us from that story. Yeah. So, and then initially, you know, the journey through cancer, I think is so often um, 
not a, a flat line, right? No, not linear uh, whatsoever. Right. So the trajectory, while it was, you know, forward moving, there was a lot of like two steps forward, one step back along the way. Um, initially, they thought it was really early stage. Um, then one of the tumors was a bit larger. So then, you know, that made it a little more serious. And then, um, so they decided to do neoadjuvant chemotherapy basically for six months with three different chemos. Uh, and the thought would be, let's try to shrink them in advance before we do surgery. So I started okay. that. Let's step back a little bit. You're using some big terms and I, I'm besieged. So I want to simplify <laughs> this just a little bit. So uh, the first process was the first step, once they figured this out and you, you, um, you started to do chemo. So tell me what this neo, what did you neo, call it? Neoadjuvant just means chemotherapy before surgery. Okay, okay. Right? there we go. Um, and, and so I guess to take a step back from that, I had about 30 days um, and you know, because of the insurance we had, I had some flexibility in where I got my treatment. And I was lucky enough to be able to get first and second, and in some cases, third opinions and really put together a team that I was so confident with. I had just such an incredible medical team. And I so you, you had told me um, when we first sat down um, a little earlier, and this is important, you had an opportunity first off to, to see all, to, to pick your people, right? Your team behind you, the physicians, the, the, the medical professionals, but you did have a run in with one that was not so great and you chose to go other. Is this correct? Was it at this point or was there? Yeah, I mean, it's, I think, you know, one of the things that we advocate for, um, you know, we really encourage our women to advocate for themselves. And um, I think it's just, you have to have a, a good relationship with your medical team, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Philosophically, you know, just in, in so many ways, and especially. Um, you know, with your medical oncologist, because you're with them for a long period of time. And so um, I had initially met with a medical oncologist who just, you know, I'm sure is a wonderful doctor, but philosophically just had really different belief systems around um, some of the things that you could do to support yourself in the journey. Like for me, you know, the overall wellness was really important and that included exercise and diet and hydration and supplements and the things that, you know, that I put stock in, um, were less substantial for that particular medical practitioner. And I just felt like, you know, we're not probably going to gel on this. So I'm going to keep looking until I find sure. somebody who I. When, when you're going in for the fight for your life, you don't want to be fighting against your practitioners either. Right. Right? <laughs> or just even, you know, not feeling heard or whatever that might be. Yeah. Right. And, okay. I got you. You know, we have, um, because we have so many women within our community, they go to all of our local cancer centers and we have world renowned oncological care here in Albuquerque. I really believe that. Um, but, you know, sometimes we'll have two people who have completely different experiences with the same practitioner, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of times it's like personality and communication. And um, and so you just have to find people that you gel with, right? Sure. I mean, sure. you know, I think they're all very talented doctors, but, you know, you need to be able to ask the questions that are important to you and feel heard and, um, you know, just, again, have a similar philosophy. Sure. So now we're at a point where we're getting chemo, trying to reduce the size of the tumors. Now, yeah. tell me from that point. Yeah. So I did um, six months of chemo. I was on um, two drugs called adriamycin and cytoxin for three months, and then I was on Taxol for three months. And um, the first three months was like every three weeks, and then the last three months was every week. Um, and so I was still working, you know, full time. Um, I would take, you know, half days on Fridays to go for chemo, um, and sometimes Mondays because, you know, a couple of days out were a little bit hard, and then I would be right back at work on Tuesday. And, wow. um, you know, it was just, I was still a mama. I was still sure. working. I was still, you know. So you're raising a two-year-old. You have full-time physician and battling cancer yes. at the same time. Right. Going through chemo. And an yeah. incredible husband, I have to say that, who came to every single appointment, every chemo infusion. Um, That's amazing. Totally my rock. Yeah. I, I find no matter what 
stresses you're under. If you have a good support network, it's it just helps a lot. It totally yeah. does. And I know we're going to talk about this in another podcast, um, so I won't touch on it too much, but um, I had incredible support when it came to friends and family. Um, sadly, our community was woefully lacking in breast cancer support, though. There just wasn't anything. And sure. so- um, so that's the reason why you found it, found it but, but that'll be our next one. But that'll be that's our next a little teaser. Right. Okay. Um, but so, just to say, yeah. So, so I did that for six months and all the things you'd expect, right? Like all my hair fell out and, um, and I was exhausted and, um, but I kept going. Right. And, and for me, again, it was like, um, trying to live my best life during this and be the healthiest that I could be. So where I always felt like I took good care of myself, um, I focused even more in on clean eating and, um, cut out all inflammatory foods, you know, like the carbs and the sugar, especially and a lot of dairy. And so you found that diet was a huge part of your success in kicking this in the ass and movement, right? And movement, so like okay, moving every day. Um, and it started out that, you know, I was doing going into this, um, I had a pretty hardcore exercise regimen, um, doing different things and, you know, like hit workouts and those kinds of, um, and as I evolved through chemotherapy, it became more like, you know, climbing the stairs, <laughs> the gym or swimming or just walking, right? Like, you know, even on the roughest days, if I could just get out and walk around the block a few times just to keep moving. And I really do feel like uh, keeping that blood, blood circulating sort of helps to expel some yeah. of the, the toxins. It's just a personal belief, right? I'm not, I'm not a doctor, but you know, it definitely made a difference well, for me. Uh, whether you be a doctor or not, you're living proof. <laughs> you're, <laughs> this is true, you're, right. you're here yes. and, and you, you were successful at this. So I am, can I also ask, because I mean, you know, I, I know this is a little aside and I'm going to tug a little people that are listening here that are on the fence for movement. You were going through chemo, you were going through cancer, but yet you still found the will to move. After you did go out for those walks, did you feel better? I did. I did, right? Like I felt as though um, every day was a choice and I could choose to just lay in bed and, and do what, right? I mean, mm -hmm. um, and, and there were days, I mean, you know, like I said, I would get chemo on Fridays. Um, they would, you know, there were steroids in the pre-meds. And so uh, Saturdays, I mean, you know, I could do anything. So I would go do the grocery shopping and meal prepping, okay. whatever else. And then come Sunday, it was like I hit a wall. Cool. So Sunday, I didn't do a lot, you know, like I would make it around the block. <laughs> times and that was yeah. about it. Um, but yeah, it, it made me feel like I was doing something. Right. Okay. And, um, and I needed to keep up with my little guy too. Right. I mean, you yeah. know how mobile two-year-olds yeah, yeah. are and, um, and I couldn't just lie in bed and like have him experience that. So, sure. um, you know, having a two-year-old is a hell of a motivation to fight cancer. Right. Oh, you that's know? your why. That's your yeah. purpose. That's what totally. got you up. Right? 100%. All right. So now we're at and this I would point. Take him, right. I'd yeah. pop him in the stroller and we'd go walking. Like it was just. You know, I, I say that to a lot of people that are just beginning in fitness or re-trying to find their fitness again. A walk around the block is fitness. Yeah. It, it could be is. super simple. Yeah. Just put those damn shoes on, get up and go. And go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So now we're at a point where chemo is done. Now you have to make the decision for surgery, correct? Right. So um, the chemo did what it was supposed to do and shrunk the tumors down to, to basically not being visible on the MRI. So um, I had a complete diagnostic response to chemotherapy. Uh, unfortunately, so, so then we decided to do a lumpectomy and just to remove the clips and that, you know, it's just to remove the, um, the diseased tissue, get it out of there. Um, and then they, you know, can do some reconstruction from there. And that is called a lumpectomy. A lumpectomy, okay. right? Because it's just excising the, the area. Um, my oncologist was kind of leaning toward, um, doing the mastectomy. My surgeon was feeling like we could do the lumpectomy. 
Um, so it was a rough choice. And I went back and forth trying to decide, knowing that if things didn't go the way I wanted to lumpectomy, I was going to be right back in there for the mastectomy, which unfortunately is what happened. Um, so they excised the three clips where the three tumors were. And I had DCIS, which is considered like stage zero precancer in my margins. So basically they couldn't get clear margins. Um, and sure. so that was a roll of the dice that I took. And so that was September of 2018. Uh, four years ago this month, and then uh, 30 days later, I was right back in, and we had to do the full mastectomy. And okay. just and the everything. mastectomy is when they take the entire the breast out? Right. They okay. take all your breast tissue, um, and then what they leave you with is an expander, basically, um, which is kind of like, um, starts out as like an empty implant, okay. um, and they fill it with a little bit of saline, and then you go in every week, and they have more saline and more saline in there, expanding it. And the reason for that is because uh, we found isolated tumor cells in my lymph nodes when they did the sentinel node biopsy during the first surgery, um, which is not technically like having tumors in your lymph nodes, but the cells were still there after six months of chemo, which was concerning. Um, so I knew I was going to need radiation. And radiation uh, tends to tighten and shrink up the skin. And so the expander kind of uh, keeps the breast from getting too deformed so that they can go in later and do reconstruction. So you had a full smorgasbord of treatment. All, you, right? you, you, you didn't just go in <laughs> no. partially here. So, no, we, so did, we went with the kitchen sink approach. Yeah, so I, guess, I guess you did, yeah. right? So now, now we're post-surgical. Um, and uh, how is this mentally? I mean, how is this mentally? When I mean, how are you dealing with this? Yeah, you know, again, um, I felt like I was in really good shape. I'd taken care of myself. So I think that really helped with the recovery. Uh, the downtime for the lumpectomy was almost non-existent. And it was, you know... Uh, just a, within a couple of weeks for the for the mastectomy before I was you know up and moving. Now I couldn't the things you don't think about right. You have a two year old. I had to teach him to climb in and out of his crib and in and out of his car seat because I couldn't lift him right because right. the weight restriction and um, right. so you know just this has been such a huge part of his you know formidable years and upbringing yeah. as well. Um, you know so there were things like that that were a little debilitating but uh, but overall I you know. I am blessed. I got through six months of chemo without once throwing up. You know, I um, wow. was able to live a pretty normal existence through it all. And I know a lot of that is the medications and, you know, advances and things, but, but I do think taking care of yourself is a huge piece of it. Um, sure. Every time I, like I have prehab here where individuals are going in for a knee surgery or some kind of surgical um, deal, if, if they're healthy going in, the, the coming outcome out, is so yeah, much better. So much right. better. You're so exactly much better. Right. You're exactly right. So, I, you know, a lot of uh, let's continue with your story before we get back on this when now we're at a point where you've had the mastectomy and now the lymphoids uh, have some issues so now you're going to radiation tell us about that story yeah so um so i did about six weeks of radiation monday through friday um I, it was supposed to be more like five but invariably there's always like a day each week with radiation machines down or something sure, happens sure. And, uh excuse me, so it carried over into the to the sixth week. Um, and radiation, you know, I mean, none of it is a cakewalk, don't get me wrong, but radiation wasn't terrible. Um, you know, did the, you have any adverse effects? I didn't burn or anything like that. The, sure. the, really, exhaustion was the big thing. Um, so, you know, at the beginning, I would come home from work and make dinner and, you know, whatever. And um, and then by the end of it, because I would go to radiation on my lunch breaks, right? Like I'd go to work and then I'd go to radiation and I'd go back to work. And then, um, you know, I would get off in the afternoon, late afternoon, early evening. And uh, what I found is as I was nearing the end of radiation, all I wanted to do was go home and sleep, right? Like, I mean, it was really, sure. it was exhausting for sure. Um, but, you know, beyond that, it, it wasn't terrible. Like I was able to get through it. And again, I think so much of it is mindset, right? I mean, I 
I was determined. There was there was no way that I wasn't going to come out of this on top. I love that. And also taking care of myself, right? I mean, I have this beautiful family to live for. Like, how, you know, sure. how could that not be such a great motivation? And yeah. Um, so you had the power of your why. You had your nutrition, and you had your movement, mm-hmm. and then you were just held down with and determined to get through this. Yeah. And you put together your correct team. So tell me about now. Tell me about what's up. Like, tell me what's going on now. So I'm doing great. Um, Last year was like a a kind of milestone for me because, um, sorry, I might get a little emotional on this one, but when I was going through it, um, I remember saying, I just, I have to live long enough for my son to have real authentic memories of me as his mama, not just the ones that are filled in by other people. And for some reason in my head, when he was two, I thought if I can get him to six and get him to kindergarten, you know, then he'll have real memories. And last year he turned six. Actually, yesterday was his birthday. He just turned seven. Um, and he went to kindergarten and I felt like, awesome. okay, now I need 40 more years, but I got- That's a big high five, by the way. <laughs> That's a big high five that I'm giving her. Yeah, but I got to that milestone and that was really big for me. And um, and I am just so passionate about paving a better road forward for those going through this fight because, um, and again, I know we'll, we'll touch on it later, but um, I, I really struggled to find meaningful breast cancer specific supports within this community. And I felt like that was just an imperative thing. Right. And so I, you know, I quit my other job and just went all in on, on launching this beautiful community. Yeah. And, um, I, you know, I can't wait to tell you more about that, but, you know, otherwise I'm, I'm healthy. I, um, go every six months now for follow-ups. I actually have my, um, annual mammogram and ultrasound coming up on October 14th. So it'll be here before we know it, but, um, but I feel great. And, you know, I, I'm still on the hormone blocking protocol for, um, it's been four years now. I have to do it for at least five up to 10. Uh, that's actually been harder for me in a lot of ways than chemo and surgery and radiation because the side effects can be kind of brutal, but you know, you just, you find a way to get through them. I mean, it is what it is and you navigate the journey. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I, no complaints. I, I feel really blessed. I love the quote that, you know, unless you're in the battlefield itself, don't put your two cents in. And <laughs> I find very few people like yourself, you know, I myself, the whole reason I've dedicated my life to fitness, I've, I'm not, nowhere near like, I've not had to deal with the cancer of the body, but I've had to deal with the bottle. I've had to deal with yeah. alcohol and drugs. And, you know, fitness is my passion now to help others get out of that. Yeah. And I find, you know, when I can relate to someone, it's very powerful because you've been there, you've done that. Right. And now, you know, you have your why, but now you found your passion. I'm helping other females trust right I mean when people come into your gym and they're going through something and they get that you've been there like they immediately trust the direction that you're leading them in because you've been there right and and you came out where they want to come out on the other end of things and that's really inspiring I love it I love what you say that our mission here at Evolve is to inspire individuals to improve themselves mentally physically and emotionally and this is right there with them so all right so um, we're going to end our um (laughs) couple big announcements. Number one, um, we are Evolve in our community, along with Lacumbre and Portfolio Managements, are supporting Pink Warrior House for the entire month of October. So individuals who have are going through it or have been through it um, within your organization are free to come to our organization the entire month of October. Um, and then also, too, we are going to be selling T-shirts, guys, and we actually have them already designed. They look great. The Cumbria Portfolio Managers, we're going to, our goal is at least 100. Um, Evolve, um, Jeff Irway, uh, Laura Irway, and um, Lee Munson, we're going to be putting up the cost for this 
So 100% of all the donations that are raised will be going directly to your organization. But we're going to talk about That's her organization huge. on the next one. But be on the lookout. We're going to be promoting this the entire, starting now all the way through the entire month of October. Um, please let your friends know, purchasing these shirts, 100% of all of that goes directly to her and her organization, supporting her efforts. And we're going to talk about that on our next podcast. But in ending this podcast, I asked Miss um, Allison is, Give us one action item, a word of advice to our listeners of what they can do today from your heart. What would you recommend them to do in regards to what you've experienced in life? 100%. Um, check yourself. Go get those screenings. Encourage your loved ones to do it. Men can get breast cancer too. So check yourselves, right? I mean, it's, this isn't just for women. Obviously, it happens more with women than it does with men, but something to keep in mind. Um, you know, uh, early diagnostics and self-checking those things save lives. Like, I just think, what if I hadn't gone when I was 40, right? What if I had waited until I had symptoms? I probably wouldn't be here having this conversation with you right now. And so um, I am so passionate about just staying on top of those things. Uh, it literally, it will save your life. So, uh, so please get out there, check yourselves, get your mammograms. Awesome. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> um, more to come. This is a one of two-part series, possibly more as we move forward with our partnership with Allison. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much Appreciate for having it. me.